tremendous lesson for us to learn from that need of wanting and desiring that sweet will of God to be done in our life. In our language, the English language, we have used at times an economy of words, and we have one word that may have a variety of different meanings, whereas uh, in the original language there may have been several words to express each of the different thoughts, and one of those words is the word love. Different words are used, and we have to look for, in English, we have to look at the context. I, I love my wife. I love the brothers and sisters in Christ. I love my family. And I love God. I also love Snickers. But I love, depending on the context and how it's used. So many times we use that word love and we may have one thing in mind and then as we study through the scriptures, some other thoughts need to arise. And one is the understanding of God's love, and then of understanding the love that he desires from us. Paul, in writing to the Ephesians in the first chapter, and in verse 4, Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The concept that God so loved, John 3.16, that he planned our redemption before he even shaped the world. And then to reflect in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Down at verse 31, and God has all, saw that everything that he had created in it was very good. And then man changed all of that. But it never lessened that love of God. And that's hard to, at times to really comprehend and to wrap our minds around. Despite what we have done, despite our inconsistencies, our lack of commitment at times, our strain from the way, God has never lessened his love for those who he has created in his own image. His desire has remained the same, that all would come to repentance and know the true nature of the God who had planned their salvation. 
for us to, again, to be able to see from the Garden of Eden, the transgression, to look down through time and to go up to Genesis 6 to see that every thought of man was on evil continually, save Noah and his family who found grace in the eyes of God. To follow man's history on down, man's pride in Genesis 11, striving to make a name for himself, considering how God has blessed him with a mind that whatever man, man had put his mind to, that he would be able to accomplish, and then to be able to see as time has unfolded the things that we have been able to accomplish when we have put our mind to it. But how many times through all of this has man forgotten this God who has so loved them that he has provided salvation for them, he's patient with them, he works with them, he encourages, he rebukes, he chastises through his word in order that one day we could have a home with him that's eternal in the heavens. The love that God desires from us is the one that is described again in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. That's God's love, is it not? That's the love that he desires us to grow in. These are not the natural characteristics Expressions of love that we have as human beings because they go against everything that we as humans have an attraction to. That's why it's a good list of that love is not this, love is not that. Love is totally different than what we, had, and what we anticipate or what we imagine. And ours is to understand that this is the love that God gives. It's a love that we are to desire. And it's a love that we are to grow in in the life that we live as we strive to serve God. And when we fail, the passage is still there. And we can always be drawn back to it. We can always go back and reread what it is that God wants from us. And to see again 
Satan knows his job very well. And Satan is able to take some of those characteristics that we are not to have and to make them appear attractive to us or with an indication that that's just part of it. You hear somebody use foul language and if they know that you are around or they get caught in it, they ask to have you excuse their language. And oftentimes I've commented or thought about the fact that it's always good in one sense and it's always sad in another sense. When somebody will respect who I am because they know what I do and will apologize for their language that they use. But do not know who is the one that I serve. And why do they not respect him in regards to the language that they use? Why do they respect the servant and not the master? Because they can see the servant and not the master. But they fail to see the master because they fail to see what they're looking for. He's given us every indication that he is. He's given us every indication that he is a God who cares, who loves, who makes provisions and desires us to have a a part with him. The Apostle John is known as the Apostle of Love. And in the first epistle of John, and in the second chapter, verse 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. God is always stressed. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5. We have the history of Israel to remind us of the the need for giving the Lord our complete heart. We see it in history. We see it in the life that we live. Israel of old, even though they had heard, even though they were schooled in, 
even though they were taught the scriptures from when they rose up to when they lay down, when they walked and whatever they did, they had a knowledge of God's word. They had forgotten God. We live in a country that claims to be blessed by God. We live in a country that claims that they want to go back to these godly principles. But like Israel of old, there are words that are mouth, but there's a heart that is not there. And in essence, even when we had those early beginnings and they had the scriptures, they were already following their own desires and their own wills and forgot how to submit to the God above. What God gave is nothing new. Again, that familiar passage in John three sixteen: God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's the essence of love. This is what God is looking for. Loving God with our whole heart. It's understanding that love that Jesus had when he came to this earth. And gave his life. That desire as he expressed it so many times. I came to do the will of my father. Who has sent me. To be able to close out his life by saying, I have kept my father's word. I have completed the task that he has given to me. And now I'm returning to him. That's the example. He left us an example to follow in his steps. And for us to look. To understand the imperfection and following his example as the human beings that we are. But it never lessens the love, the pattern, the footsteps that we're to walk in. And when we stumble, when we fall, when we stray... To come back to do his will. We live at times in a world that wants to, wants God to take all the action for us, if you will. God, if I'm about to make a mistake. If I'm about to do something I ought not to do, God, you please, God, you intervene and keep me from doing that. Hmm. What am I wanting? Where's the attitude? God, help me to know what your steps are. And help me to walk in those steps. Keep me where I need to be. We know that in the life that we live, we get our focus set and we, we, we follow through in that focus. You travel on the roads, you know exactly where, when you're leaving home, you know exactly where you're going. At least I hope you do. And basically you know the road that you're supposed to take. 
And I promise you that anywhere from where you're going from point A to point B, there are multitudes of crossroads that you do not go down. You do not get to an intersection and say, well, I'm about to take a left, God, and I shouldn't take the left here. Don't let me take the left. Let me take the right. Make me take the right. We do not believe that. We make our choices. The focus is to be God. His will, His love, His body, His desire for us. Not wanting us to perish, but wanting us to come to repentance and the doing and the following of His will. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your might, all your might, and with all your soul. It's what He's desiring from us, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To have that attitude that we have towards others. Talked about it a little bit this morning in the auditorium class, not rendering evil for evil. That's not the attitude God wants from us, but the doing of good. Again, going back to 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And again, verses 1 through 3 of 1 Corinthians 13 shows you the importance of what he describes in verses 4 through 8. And that's an interesting three verses to look at and to consider. Read them and see what he's saying. If I could speak with the tongues of angels and have not love, there's no profit. If I could prophesy, if I could do the great miracles and not have love, it profits nothing. It goes along with Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not done? And he gives a list of all these things. Have we not done them in your name? And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. The love factor is missing. Things can be done, but not done out of love. When the love that is described in 1 Corinthians 13 is there, it's easier to do what's been asked. Doing his will, seeking the best interests of another, not thinking more highly of oneself than he ought, but to consider another. Jesus left that example for us. Again, take time and read Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. And see how the Savior lived here because of love. He left us an example to follow in his steps. This love of God does not seek to avenge nor does it seek to hold grudges. 
looking for the best gives the opportunity, sometimes through the rebuke of the prophets, sometimes by being the punishment that comes as a result of their course of action. Again, it's, as you read scriptures, read the judges, read the kings. How many times does Israel, time after time after time, forget God? And how many times did God take them back when they repented? That's for our admonition and for our learning, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. We're commanded to walk in love. John goes on to say, He that says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. There's no way you can say you're walking in the light and hate your brother. To love less. Not to want his best interest. Not to seek what would be best for them. If we do that, we're still walking in the darkness. He who loves his brother abides in the light. And then there's no occasion for stumbling. God gives a light. The word is a light to my path. It shows me the way that I need to go. And when I follow it, then you're not stumbling in the darkness. You already know what it is that God wants from us and what it is that he wants us to do in this life that we live. Dropping down to verse 15 of 1 John chapter 2. Again, the reminder to me is that John is addressing saints in Christ. He's addressing those who have given their lives to God, are part of the family of God. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Satan's job is to take the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life and to window dress them so that you do not see their ugliness. Present them in such a way that they are desirable. Be proud of what you do. Look for that pride, that recognition. We do it in the world, all we, do we not? Hand out certificates of recognition and pride, proud of what you did, and we're going to recognize you for that. Seeing the commercial between, the discussion between two 
similar items at one store and at one at another store. And it's a mother sitting there, and they have in the back, they have a whole wall full of trophies. And the son comes in, he puts the trophy down, and he said, I, I, he said, did you win first place? He said, yes. Did you win first place in both events? Yes. We are a competitive family. We want those trophies. The pride of life. Some of you got some of those trophies sitting around somewhere from the kids who've long grown up. You're down in the grandkids now, maybe the great-grandkids, and you still got some of those sitting around someplace. Where does it place in their life now? Oh, but we got to have them. That pride of life. The window dressing to make it appear attractive. That's what the world is all about. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. That is not from God. God created the world. He sustains the world. And he'll bring the world to an end one day. He reminds us all the way through that we're just passing through. Keep the focus where it needs to be. Desire to serve God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And to seek the good of your neighbor as well. This is what makes us who we are. This is what sets us apart from the world. This is what the world does not understand. Of one, how can you do that? And two, why would you want to do that? The commercial years ago. You only go, you only go through life once. Live it with gusto. Take all that you can get from the world, but be reminded. All that is of the world, in the worldly sense, is not of God. And it's going to pass away. But what will we do? Will we seek his will? Will we do the things that would be pleasing in his sight? Will we live a life that would bring glory and honor to his name? Each breath that we take, God grants us opportunities. Each breath that we take, it gives us opportunities to grow and to change, to make adjustments in our life as we see it in light of God's Word. Will we use those opportunities that He has given? Will we avail ourselves of the opportunities that He gives for us to make a life right with Him or to ask for the prayers of brothers and sisters in Christ? And if we have a need, to know that we can express it. If we could help you at this time in any need that you have, we would ask you to come as together we stand and sing.